Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we got a nice, thick episode today with two C's, baby. Not only do we have some season (laughs) previews, uh, today we're doing Dallas, LA Gladiators, and Toronto. That should be fun. But we got a good amount of news um, even a piece of news today uh, that I'm not a big fan of, I'm sad about, uh, but we'll get there eventually, Joe. Uh, we'll start with the Contenders Bastions and Reinhardt Skins, which I think we mentioned last week, maybe, or a couple weeks ago, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it was last week. They had an issue with um, the Twitch drops over this past week. Um, so to, to try to compensate for that, they reduced the... Um, uh, they, they reduced the amount of hours that you need to actually get those skins uh, down to 3 and 10 hours for Bastion and Reinhardt, respectively, um, from 7 and 15. So that, that's something. <laughs> still got a couple weeks left in March. Um, and still um, some contenders left to go. Yeah, definitely plenty of time to get both of those. 3 and 10 hours, probably pretty easy. Could probably just watch Absolutely. one day of contenders at this point. They, they, they've got it going... Uh, like all the time basically at this point with the amount of regions of course you just have to be sure to get up early enough yeah exactly just depends <laughs> what time zone you're in um, but yeah but st- after that uh, this past weekend we had uh, the experimental card tournament changes we had like the panel of um, a bunch of professional players a couple ethnic casters one streamer um, come on and make make a, an experimental patch together, basically, for this for a tournament that's coming up, uh, and it's going to be a community tournament, by the way. So a- anyone can join this thing. It's it's not just a pro thing. Uh, literally, if you want to play in this experimental card, go ahead. It's March twenty sixth to twenty eighth, and you can sign up with your friends. And it looks like it's going to be fun based off of all the changes. Um, I don't know if I want to go through all the changes, but Joe, any any of the, any changes stand out to you? Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, and they had all but um, like three or four heroes got touched in in some way or another, um, uh, and some in more weird ways than others. Like um, this is some of the more unusual changes, I guess. Um, uh, for example, Anna can nano boost herself now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something um, uh, to highlight the Baptiste Immortality field. Um, uh, normally it keeps keeps you protected at 20% health. You can't fall below 20%. Um, but they nerfed it all the way down to one health. <laughs> so, uh, which I think is, is pretty significant. I don't know how much use um, uh, we may see of, of the Immortality field in this particular tournament. Um, um, other changes... Uh, Genji's Dragon Blade, that's kind of interesting. When he gets a kill, um, the duration of his ultimate is increased by one second. Uh, and same thing with Mercy, actually. If she gets, well, it's a similar thing with Mercy. Um, that if she lands a final blow, uh, her Guardian Angel cooldown is reset. Uh, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest changes, honestly, um, at least seems to me, is to Lucio. Um, and specifically to his, um, his his auras, the speed and healing, uh, they call it crossfade is the name of the ability. Uh, the radius on that increased by 50%, uh, 
Um, and the effectiveness now scales based on uh, how close he is to you or how, how close you are to him. So increased by 20% at super close range, um, all the way out to 50% less effective, um, excuse me, at maximum range, which is super interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think I think these I think this was these type of changes were the best things that came through like something like that that maybe the devs it's not just like a pure numbers thing right or like tweaking like how much damage they do or something like that like it's a fundamental change to the hero and I think those were the most I think the interesting ones were the kill resets like you were mentioning the Genji and Mercy ones um, like getting a kill earns you a cooldown reset, which is something that in MOBAs is used pretty often with some heroes. And um, I, yeah, I think stuff like that were was where this thing really shined to me. It was when the when the people brought to the table like just something that fundamentally almost changed uh, the hero. Uh, Torbjorn has two turrets now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, which is also fantastic. Um, there were some funny ones pitched that everyone turned down immediately. I don't know. I personally, I didn't like watching this live Joe because the chat was taking it way too seriously. Um, I, it was like, they thought this was actually going to, all of these changes were going to go into the game permanently or something. They were very upset. Anytime they buffed someone that didn't deserve a buff or anything like that. They were like, no, what are you doing? It's like, uh, calm down. This is definitely. I. I don't think. I don't think they'll make most of these changes in the game permanently. To be honest, um, I know it was like an opportunity, maybe, to bring up some cool things, which I agree with. I think all those ones I mentioned earlier are super cool, but I really don't think Jeff Goodman was sitting there like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just copy all these, put them all in the game. These all look balanced <laughs> to me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that'll be fun. The The actual tournament, once again, March 26th through 28th, it's going to be on the Overwatch League YouTube channel as well. Um, they're going to be broadcasting some of the tournament, I would imagine. Um, and you could just play it. It's going to be on the experimental card from March 22nd to 20, 29th. So if you don't want to be in the tournament, but you want to try these changes, it's, it's going to be in the game for everyone to play. So that's also fun. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they are gonna uh, broadcast it, um, uh, and in fact, they'll have uh, Zoe and Reinforce and Mr. X um, on the broadcast team for that event. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was. I was. I was shocked. I don't normally visit the um, um, the the Overwatch forums usually because it's sometimes a dangerous place to be. Um, um, but for a while, that was the one place that they had a list of uh, all the changes that were going to be made. Um, but it, yeah, I, I was shocked to see all of the the responses from people who, yeah, like you said, were just thoroughly convinced that this was all going to the live game and and Blizzard was going to ruin it. And how dare they listen to the pro players and, and all this stuff? Yeah, I was. It was. It's crazy. And like, <laughs> I don't know. This wasn't like. This didn't feel poorly advertised or marketed to me. I, like I feel like I immediately knew this was just like a for a fun tournament where they were gonna just make fun changes. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know where everyone got the idea that like okay, this is a panel of people right now that are going to decide the future of this game. <laughs> like I I don't know. 
I don't know where that was lost in communication, but yeah, this is just for the experimental card. I, I think some of the ideas are cool, and I hope they take note and try to like add more kills, resetting cooldowns, and stuff like that. I think that's cool, but I don't. I would doubt if any of these changes made it in. I mean, some of them already have made it in, actually, because space kept bringing in like legit changes that they had just made to the experimental card. Yeah. <laughs> So some some of the players were bringing in just like reasonable changes that the Overwatch team would actually do on a daily basis. But yeah, most of these changes are pretty big and character changing. So, I mean, they legit made Wrecking Ball like 15% smaller, I think, was one of his changes. Um, they're not just going to let that go through the game. And they, Among was, by the way, the person who chose the Wrecking Ball stuff. He completely nerfed his main. Like, I don't know, like, it seems like he hates playing Wrecking Ball to me now. He, he, Grappling Claw, cooldown increase from 5 to 7 seconds, ammo reduced from 80 to 70, Adaptive Shield no longer prevents enemies from generating alt charge. Like, the only only arguable buff is the size reduction, because it's, he's a smaller target now, I guess, but what the hell? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely the, (laughs) the attractiveness there. Yeah, um, but everything else pretty big nerf but yeah those are you can go on the overwatch league website to see all the changes that we didn't mention here um but i think i think we got we touched most of the awesome ones if you ask me so yeah those are all be there now we got a couple signings the first one is not a team official signing it is related to um more of their content side and that is the toronto defiant Signing Agilities uh, as a streamer, not as a player. So Agilities returning to the Toronto Defiant after he left to return to the LA Valiant, and that return failed. He is now returning to the Toronto Defiant uh, only as a streamer, um, and he has been streaming. I have been watching a couple. I, I watched his return to streaming as a Toronto Defiant member, I guess. Uh, so so that's cool. It seems like people are. Uh, Liking that change, liking him see, seeing him somewhere at least, right? Um, unfortunately, it's not on our team because of the LA Valiant, but I guess people will take it. And then the biggest signing, though, is the Philadelphia Fusion signing Rascal. Joe, please give me your best uh, reaction to this announcement, even though I guess it was kind of leaked for a while now. Yeah, it's it's certainly been floating around on the internet there, but... Um... Uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing to have him back in the league. It's um, definitely the way you want to do it. I, it's sort of an odd choice of um, uh, team, though. If I had to be honest, like as a as a Philly fan, I'm 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 glad he's with us and not um, you know signed by another team for sure. But uh, you, you know, Philly coming back with the with the four TPS roster, uh, just like they did. Um, uh, I almost said last semester, last year, last season. Last semester um, in my college yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just like they did last season, uh, playing with with forty PS. In fact, they maybe even had five um, for a while last season. Um, in uh, obviously Carpe and EQO uh, with addition uh, with the addition new this year of Shockwave and Rascal. Um, and yeah, I'm just really curious to see how that goes because um, I mean. Um, Rascal can can probably easily start for this team, um, but so can all of their other DPS players. Um, and so, so yeah, I I don't know exactly where he's gonna fit in. Um, 
Uh, but I really hope he does. And like I said, I'm I'm glad that um, I'm glad he didn't end up on another team. Selfishly, <laughs> um, um, uh, but but yeah, it's, it's definitely good to have him back in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, he definitely deserves a spot. I would say. I think this is good for the depth of the Philly Fusion DPS, um, for sure. Uh, obviously, I still think their weak point is that off tank spot with Poco, um, who I think is good, but I don't think I don't I don't know if he deserves that starting role. But yeah, overall, I think this is a good signing. Add more depth to your DPS. It's always great to do that, um, and that seems what seems to be what teams usually favor uh, is really adding that depth to DPS. With all of the with the range of DPS heroes that are possible, it's good to get a specialist um, all our, to cover all the different heroes for sure. Um, and I could totally see. I mean, Carpe, he's a great player. Obviously, I don't think he's hot all the time. I think it'll be nice when Carpe's sort of cooled down to have Rascal there as well to to pop in and help out. Um, but yeah, that DPS line's pretty stacked, <laughs> so it's looking good. Um, and yeah, that's that's that signing. Uh, we haven't got Absolutely. a we haven't got a signing in a long time, so that's that's kind of nice to get a signing <laughs> as well. Yeah, and we haven't um, uh, obviously we haven't gotten to Philly yet in our our preseason preview, but we definitely will here in a couple weeks. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, up next is Sinatra. If you haven't heard about Sinatra recently, there has been. It's a big, big drama on Twitter about him, and he is being accused of doing some pretty bad, bad stuff. Um, I, I don't think me and Joe will go into it here um, or anything like that, but you could go on Twitter, uh, probably Google it if you if you don't know what happened or you know what went down. Uh, but Overwatch League responded to this actually. Um, which, I, Joe, I honestly didn't expect them to have to. Sinatra's mainly a, a Valorant player now, of course, so I, I expected them ha them to have to do something, especially there was a tournament this past weekend, so they were going to have to respond in some way. Um, I'm pretty proud of the Overwatch League, if I'm going to be honest, for getting this response out there, especially when there actually is a piece of him in the actual Overwatch game, of course. He was the MVP, so he got the alien skin, um, but the Overwatch League is offering a refund for that skin, actually. Um, 200 League tokens, if you bought that skin, you can request a refund, and the skin will be removed from your collection. Uh, and yeah, and the Overwatch League Championship and MVP, ba MVP badges will be removed from the Alien skin in a future patch as well. So if you have that skin, and you don't, you don't want to, um have any remnants of Sinatra in your game, you can get that refund, get get it out of your collection as well, which I, I think was a, a great move. I, I didn't expect a move, Joe. I really didn't. Yeah, yeah I wasn't sure what to think um, uh, th that they might do, you know, before um, before they finally landed on this. But yeah, I, th I think it's definitely a, a good decision Um to where like the players have the option now you know that um obviously they're they're not going to do nothing um they are scrubbing the the skin as it exists um and and removing the reference that way um and then the, yeah you get the option to to uh, refund the skin completely i did uh turned in my ticket yesterday um and haven't gotten confirmation on that yet but um 
it's a, it's a super simple process. Um, and now I'll have the tickets to buy the um, um, the fiery, flamey Roadhog skin when that comes out. So true. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have to pay extra for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, Overwatch has had lots of these kind of scandals, and it's super unfortunate. Uh, particularly because Sinatra well, and was, you know, the face of Overwatch. Um, I, I, I'm sure we probably said explicitly that um, in sort of the aftermath of... Um, I don't even remember if it was Season 2 or Season 3. Uh, <laughs> this offseason has been so long, it's, it's been forever. <laughs> but um, anyway, and, and yeah, it's, that's just not what you want to see. Um, yeah. Um, Definitely. But but yeah, exactly. It's definitely props to the Overwatch League for um, for setting it up the way they have, um, and and you know hopefully um, justice is done, as they say. Yeah, I hope so. Um, seems like he. If if you want an update on what's happening, nothing has really come out since then. But Sentinels, the team he's for right now, he has been suspended from them. They've picked someone else up for the tournament. Um, and Riot even suspended him from the tournament. So looks like they're investigating him currently. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I would say, I don't know. She, she has pretty good evidence and she brought out pretty good evidence. So it's, it's not looking great for Sinatra. And yeah, it's just sad to see Joe, you know, like it's sad to see that people, there are people like this out there that. Uh, unfortunately make moves like this and treat other people like this it's it's rough uh, especially in esports mm-hmm. uh, but I gotta say esports is still one of the more forward thinking um, industries out there as far as this goes if this happened in sports people it's so annoying how people just turn a blind eye to it uh, way too often it seems like NFL players NBA all the all of the pro athletes can get away with it uh so i'm proud of esports at least for that um okay moving on to some some more sad news as well uh today it came out activision blizzard esports is laying off about 50 employees of course that mainly includes overwatch league and call of duty league um and also coming with that news is that apparently they are planning a future where um there are less live events for both of those leagues. So that, that's obviously two, at least Overwatch League was really fun, really founded with, with the idea of live events in mind and solely based around live events. So that's pretty big news, right, Joe? That they might be just trying to go maybe majority or at least half online in the future I think that means they want to ditch the homestand um, way. I don't know how they'll do it in the future, but at least ditch the homestand way as far as um, homestands every week goes, like like was the plan for the season three before COVID happened. So I think obviously layoffs suck. I I think that's awful. I I think equally awful is the news of the live events. I think LAN and live events are key for an esport to succeed and as these other leagues um, get more land events as valorant becomes old enough to get land events as um as lcs and league of legends go back to live events like i think they'll just leave overwatch league in the dust i'm not sure about call of duty league because i 
there's a big fan base for it, but I think people really prefer watching live events, Joe. And I know I certainly do. I, I think watching online majority online events for overwatch league will make me very sad. Um, I just don't find them to be as entertaining as it used to be with, with a live crowd and with everybody there playing together in one room and stuff like that. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, it's, um, it's a big departure from, from what they had laid out for us. Um, you know, sort of the vision of the league. Um, it feels like definitely away from some of that. Um, and yeah, so, um, COVID-19 sort of being a, a good example or a good, you know, demonstration of, um, what the league could look like with, um, uh, with these kind of changes. And I mean, uh, you, you know, in the one hand we hear, we've heard over the last few months about, uh, you know, stories about, oh, you know, this is what our life's going to be like now and, and, you know, work and play and different aspects of our lives have, um, you know, irre- irrevocably been changed um, as a result of the pandemic and stuff. And I don't know if um, it's, it's, this is um, probably has has more more factors going into the decision than just that. But I think it's a great example here. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, you're, you're right. I don't know how um, the other leagues are going to handle this, and and you know, we haven't heard. Um, um, Number one, we haven't heard very definitive things from Overwatch League itself, and we haven't heard um, about similar things coming out for other esports. But, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting decision, um, and and obviously not good for the, um, the about fifty employees that they laid off, um, and broadly affected um, uh, fewer than one hundred ninety um, employees, according to reports. Um, uh, but apparently, as as part of their severance, each employee was given two hundred dollar gift card to, to for Battle.net. So, because um, because that'll that'll make it all better. Yeah, but, of course. Um, get to get to spend yeah, money on the spend money on the games that remind you of uh, getting laid off. <laughs> yeah, the job you lost exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's pretty sad news. Of course, like you mentioned, we don't have exact details on what this will mean, but. Yeah, I, like I think if anything, what I would like to see instead is going back to what we had in season one and season two, and in LA, I, I like that better than everyone online. Um, like what we had for season two, maybe if if they want to cut back costs and have people not traveling as much, I think what we had for season two with the home one home stand per. per um, stage where people travel to Dallas and all those places. I think that's, I think that's a cool idea. Um, I, I, I would like something like that. I don't want things to be online. I want think I want people to play on land in person against each other. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but let's get into our team previews. Joe, we got three new teams, uh, this week. If you haven't been listening, we go through um, the players to watch this season for these teams, uh, whether we think their team performance is going to be better than last year, and give them an off-season grade overall how we think they did in the off-season. We'll start with the Dallas Fuel, who completely changed their roster, basically. Um, 
The only person they kept, Della. Uh, they lost a lot of players, though. <laughs> they lost Unko, Onigad, Crimzo, Paintbrush, Note, Trill, Closer, AKM, Gamsu. They added Sparkle, Hanbin, Fielder, Repel, Fearless, Jexy, XZ, uh, which is a basically the Paris Eternal roster um, alongside some other former Element Mystic players. This is Element Mystic um, returning. Uh, in the form of the Dallas Fuel here, Joe. Those are their off-season moves. Any players you're looking out for this season? Yeah, it's <laughs> um, definitely interesting choices, and and I was um, you know pleasantly surprised looking at this team um, over the off-season the way that they were able to um, you know clearly they they had the money to. Uh, maybe they had some some Call of Duty money potentially to try to <laughs> to build an Overwatch team to match, um, um, yeah, and, and so you know at the same time this is um, in a lot of ways the the franchise where players go to die, um, <laughs> which is super harsh, and I don't mean it quite to be that harsh, but at the same time like we've seen what has happened to some of these players. Um, and, and so I uh, definitely want to avoid that. Absolutely. Um, um, but <laughs> yeah, so all that being said, um, uh, yeah, when you're looking at, the, at an all Korean roster, I mean, um, uh, players to watch, I mean, I could point out fearless, um, uh, they're in the main tank, main tank position, uh, coming over from, I believe most recently Shanghai, um, uh, that's you know one of the non um, uh, element mystic pickups. Obviously, he played, or you know, he played several years ago for the team, but um, uh, not, not for a while since then. Um, uh, fearless in that role, uh, but other than uh, other than that, yeah, like you're saying, some of these some of these Paris pieces, they've got to um, they've got to snap in and snap in successfully um, uh, in order for this team to find success. Oh yeah, um, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think these the players. Obviously, it's hard to it's hard to pick one of these players to watch. I I mean, I, I of course would love to see more out of Sparkle this year. He did great last year as a uh, in his first year. He I think he missed half the year because he was too young. We got to see him at the end. He he was fantastic. I want to see some more of him. These players are great. Um, this roster is great. I mean, Joe, I, I look at. The Dallas Fuel results, not only last year, but overall, they got 10th out of 12 in Season 1. They got 15th in Season 2. And then last year, um, I guess technically one of their best finishes is, is 13th at 9 and 12. Um, was how they finished last year. Didn't didn't do great. I mean, you you got to look at this roster and you got to say, this has to be their best showing, right, Joe? Like, this, look at them. We saw we basically saw this roster last year get almost top five uh, on the Paris Eternal. Like this has to be better than last year, right, Joe? Yeah, I mean this is um, I forget what team I said. Uh, I think I said it about Boston Uprising at the time, but yeah, I think season four um, Dallas Fuel is is probably the best Dallas Fuel we've seen. Um, uh, the, 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 yeah, I do expect them to do pretty well, um, and and certainly better than. Um, those numbers you were given off for some, for some of their past seasons, um, the, the, yeah, definitely, definitely need to watch out for for sure. Yeah, I I agree. I think this is like one of the easiest answers 
we have to give this offseason, it's going to be a better season for the Dallas Fuel. And if it isn't, man, oh, man. <laughs> I feel bad for Fuel fans because, yeah, it's just not working out. I forgot to mention as well, they got a new head coach in Rush who was the head coach of the Paris Eternal, of course. So, like, they are straight up the Paris Eternal um, element mystic team here. Uh, which it has to work, right? That's what everyone's saying. Um, but it's the Dallas fuel. Who knows? Uh, okay. Off season grade time, Joe. Uh, overall, what would you give this off season uh, on a grade scale? Um, I mean, it, it was uh, definitely sad to see um, a lot of these players go. Um, just in terms of, uh, particularly for the players that haven't returned to the league. Um, uh, thinking about Note, thinking about Trill, um, uh, obviously who is um, uh, one less Australian player in the league now. Um, uh, Gamsu and AKM too. I mean that both of them, uh, both of whom are retired um, at this point from Overwatch at least. But um, it's, 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 so that's unfortunate. But yeah, in terms of um, in terms of changing up the roster for this season, I mean uh, it, it's a really solid, a really solid set of changes. I think. Um, and, and probably even enough for an A, I think, honestly, um, uh, for the Dallas Fuel. And it's just, uh, you know, can can the org live up to, or, or I should say, can they not live up to uh, some of their history and, and really do something with them this season? Yeah, I, I got to give it an A too, Joe. Like, this is, you can't get much better than this. Like, this is what they needed to do. I mean, just picking... Picking up a top, I, I've now found out they finished fourth. Picking up the roster that finished fourth, basically, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good off season. <laughs> I don't think it gets much better than that. Um, obviously, if they would have picked up the first through third rosters, it would have been better. But it, it's hard to pick that up. It's hard to pick up a, an entire roster that just finished fourth place. Usually, teams don't let that happen. <clears throat> Paris Eternal. Um, but it happened. So, yeah, hey, absolutely. Dallas Fuel won the Paris Eternal Lottery. They earned, they got all the players, and here they are. They they should be one of the best teams. We've seen them fold under pressure every time, but it's got to be different this time. It just has to. Um, next up, LA Gladiators. I think another team that we would both agree had a pretty good off season. Uh, definitely not as uh big of an offseason i guess they got rid of a good amount of people yes got rid of jaro bishu big goose shaz lh cloudy and og the big ones there shaz and big goose who both retired um who they add they added kept or they not kepster they added muse shoe moth skewed they kept kepster mirror bird ring space um so definitely not as many moves as those fuel but uh, I think some pretty good moves here, Joe. Any players to watch for you? Um, yeah, this is definitely a, a really interesting look um, from the Gladiators compared to, like you said, the, the core of this team in lots and lots of ways has been Shaz and Big Goose. I mean, <laughs> in fact, yeah, looking at their their joint date, I mean, these are OG OG Gladiators from November 2017. Um, uh, that now won't be won't be starting on this roster. We have seen them play um, uh, in the uh, Steel Series event, I believe. Um, so yeah, we, so we saw them play Boston and um, either Paris or London. I forget which. London. Uh, and, and so we've seen some of the 
the connections um, with these players already, and, and they did look pretty nice. Um, I think uh, Moth is definitely going to show up for this team in a really big way. Um, uh, I, I hate to be biased. I hate to be biased um, uh, for the tanks because this is the the second tank answer um, that I'll give. But I think definitely my uh, a lot of my focus is is also going to be on Muse in the. Uh, you know, rookie main tank um, coming alongside Space, who obviously has tons of experience. Um, uh, so, be really interested to see how and um, uh, how successfully he's able to manage that role for for this team. Oh yeah, um, you know me. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a big I'm a big Gladiators fan, um, and you know I'm I'm interested in these new players. I think they're really good chewing. And Moth, Moth, I think, is definitely one to watch out for. He's got something to prove that it wasn't just the fact that he was on the shock that made him look so good. He can be good on other teams as well. But in the end, I'm still just interested to see Bird Ring, see how he evolves. He's been in this league every year, of course. And honestly, like from last year, it seems like he's just getting better, better and better every year. I'm excited to see what he does this year as well. Um, but as far as the LA Gladiators go, they've been pretty consistent throughout their history honestly but not consistent last year they really dropped off of course in 2018 in the regular season they finished fourth 2019 they finished fifth um last year they finished ninth which was their worst season yet they went 11 and 10 and you know that's that's really tough joe you know you had a team that was very close to being at the top all of a sudden kind of slowly, you know, falling down the ladder a little bit. Uh, so this offseason had to be super key for them. Do you think they do better than 11 and 10 and ninth, Joe? Yeah, that's the question. Uh, was that ninth in the league or ninth in North? Certainly not. Not North Certainly America. Certainly not ninth in North they America. They got sixth yeah. in North America, ninth in the league. Yeah, so it's just barely top half of of this um, of this season standings. Um, but yeah, I, I do um, anticipate that um, that they'll be able to, t to step up a little bit this season. I think um, with uh, you, you know, for one thing, Philly Fusion um, uh, stepping away from North America. That's you, you know another team on top that uh, one less team they'll have to worry about. That's definitely going to be relevant for them. I think. Um, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I would, um, I would anticipate, um, uh, that they're, they're able to find more success this season than, than in past. Yeah. Yep. I am with you there. I think this is going to be a ba back, a step back in the right direction for the LA gladiators. I think this is a good off season for them. And my expectations are they do better than last year for sure. And this is one of the most talented teams in the league. Uh, off season. Great. Joe, what do you got for the gladiators? Yeah, so that, that's that's the question there. Uh, <laughs> lots of the names, um, well, a couple of the names they pick up, obviously without um, uh, without lots of um, uh, time and opportunities to to prove themselves yet at this point. Um, but at the same time, you pick up two of um, uh, two of the best um, supports at their particular roles in the league, um, in in Moth and Shu from the. Guangzhou Charge, uh, obviously, uh, probably is his Ana is the most famous hero. I would say for that. Um, uh, so, you know, so some decent, some decent pickups there. Um, 
Um, definitely with the loss of OG is probably the biggest one there, uh, other than Shaz and Big Goose. I mean, th those are some pretty, pretty big losses that you've got to be pretty confident in your, in your um, new pickups to try to to try to deal with. I think, um, but. Uh, yeah, as far as that goes, I think they'll they get a, probably a, a solid B. I think at least um, in terms of this offseason. And like I said, just um, um, some of, some of the drops uh, were uh, I, I felt more than others, um, uh, but definitely lots of potential here to um, to really find some success in North America. Oh yeah. Um... Let's see. I'm I'm between a B plus and an A minus here. Uh, I think they could have done a little bit better, um, but I think they did pretty. I'll go A minus. They definitely could have done a little bit better, but I think they did pretty damn good to replace Shaz and Big Goose staples of this team. Who you know, I kind of agree. I think they were a little bit on the downtrend recently. Like I once thought this was the best, the best support duo in the league. Last year, I definitely was not saying that. Um, so getting Shu and Moth, who I think two, who are two of the best supports in the league, fantastic replacements there. I think I think Muse is going to be better than OG this year. I think OG will be will be pretty good for the mayhem actually, as well. OG definitely had a little bit of a off year last year on the Gladiators, I would say. But I do think he's going to do better in Florida. I still think Muse is going to be better here for LA. I think Muse is one of the hottest rookies, one of the, one of the best pickups this offseason in general as far as rookies go. So I also think that's a great upgrade. And I, I think they kept the right people. I think my only question is space here, just because I think space is getting a little more inconsistent as time goes on. He's still one of the better off-tank players in the league. Um, just not sure how much longer he's going to last in this game and in Overwatch, especially especially when you are depending on space. He is one of your two tank players, so he's going to have to start. Um, but yeah, besides that, I think I think a pretty good offseason for the LA Gladiators, and Gladiators fans should be happy. Um, and honestly, Valiant fans should be happy too because they don't even have a roster right now. So I guess they'll have to move over to the Gladiators maybe. Yeah, um, that's, that's the strategy. Yes, <laughs> gotta gotta get every LA fan you possibly can. They knew they knew the Valiant were gonna implode. Um, all right, last team here today, the Toronto Defiant. Um, we got three teams that made some, in my opinion, pretty good moves here. So I'll go through their offseason moves because there were a lot of them. They dropped their entire roster basically. Um, the only people they kept. Or Beast Logics. I think Aztec was dropped and then repicked, maybe? No, never mind. Aztec's on WGS uh, Phoenix. Who am I thinking of? Um, uh, Beast was. Okay, Beast was. Okay. That's why his join date is. Re yeah, player rejoined after previous leaving. Uh, they kept Logics and Beast. They dropped everybody. They dropped Nevix, Zik, <laughs> Cruz, Agilities, Numlock, Shurfor, Beast, Mangachu, Rokai, and Kariv. Yeah, that's everybody. Um, but they picked up Aztec, Ansunjay, Sato, Hisu, Michelle, um, Nice, and Lastro. Of course, lots of familiar names there and a good amount of rookies there as well. But this is basically um, almost a full Korean roster besides the two players they kept, Beast and Logics. Um, another pickup worth, worth 
noting is Katie G. He's the head, he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Fusion. Um, so they picked up Hisu, Sato, and KDG, previous Philadelphia Fusion players and head coach. All right, Joe, uh, players to watch here for the Toronto Defiant. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, this this roster really intrigues me uh, because of um, the the Philly players that got um, that got left here. You know that that got uh, picked up here by the. Toronto Defiant, um, and you know, at this point, we're just gonna we're just gonna complete the trifecta and and um, and say very truly that I'm interested in seeing how how Sato is gonna perform here um, as presumably starting main tank, um, uh, certainly over Beast, I would think um, here here for Toronto. Um, that's gonna be super interesting for me. But I mean, um, this is also you know a Fusion University reunion team in. Excuse me, in a couple different ways between uh, Hisu and Nice and Beast, uh, all three played on the team at some point. I don't know. I don't think they were all three on the, at the same time. Um, um, but but you know that, that's exciting too, as far as that goes. Um, um, but but yeah, I'm really intrigued about this team because they um, um, it is it, maybe uh, other than like the first year of Toronto when they had. Um, you, you know, Surefor and Agilities and Mangachu, and they had all the, all these um, uh, nice big names that they were gonna have success with, and then didn't really perform um, to lots of people's expectations. I think um, this definitely is um, you know sort of, sort of bleeding into the next point, I guess. But um, it definitely is a roster that has that kind of potential again, um, and hopefully are hopefully they're able to reach it um, more. Uh, more more efficiently more successfully than they have in the past oh yeah um i would agree there i think i think sato is going to be exciting to watch for sure i think he was the big pickup here i think hisu is a great grab as well though that's a young talented player that philly fusion unfortunately let go of i think he's a really good player so i think that's huge for Toronto. I'm I'm going to be watching him for sure, but yeah, I want to see Neist, who I think he's been a pretty hyped up player throughout um his contender's career. He's finally 18. Um so we're finally able to see him play in the Overwatch League. But yeah, he's been bouncing around contenders for forever now. So, I'm excited to see him as well. It's this is a, 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 I got to say, this is the most excited I've been about Toronto. Um last year Toronto finished, let's see. They didn't do well. We all know that. They finished 15th, 8-14, and 14, um, which was nowhere close to the expectations of that roster Joe mentioned with Surefor and Agilities and everyone. Um, and in Season 1, they finished 17th, by the way. Or their their first season, Season 2, they finished 17th. Uh, so, yeah, this, this... I mean, you go to the former players, and my God, there are so many former players of this organization. They really have the mindset of, like, um, if it's not working, destroy it and rebuild it immediately. Uh, but, Joe, do you think they're going to do – they could do better than 15th with this roster? Uh, I, I certainly hope they do. Like I said, this is going to be um, uh, perhaps in the entire league um, one of the – uh, one of the teams I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for, just to see how high they end up going, um, and not that uh, you, you know, not that I expect them to blow 
um, uh, teams like Dallas or Florida or the Gladiators out of the water. Um, but they definitely have the potential, I think, to be really competitive. Um, uh, having talked about Michelle, Michelle's showing up here in, in a tank role. Um, um, and, and all these different kind of players. Um, definitely a, a rookie kind of sport line. That's going to be um, um, a little bit of a question there. But uh, but yeah, I'm really impressed with what uh, uh, you, you know, Coach KDG now is, is uh, has been able to put together. Um, and and we'll see how they go. But yeah, so to but better than better than 15th or 12th or whatever it was. Um, uh, I, I would say. Yeah. Um... I agree. I think better than 15th for sure here for the Toronto Defiant this year. They should be better than 15th looking at the pure talent on this roster. Um, and this is one of the more promising rosters I've I've seen for the Defiant. Uh, with, I mean, not only do you have some nice veterans on here with Michelle Sato, um, stuff like that, but you got some nice young talent here, um, especially on your DPS line. So I have never been this excited about a Toronto roster. I I personally, I think last year on the podcast, even said I think the previous iteration of the Toronto Define with Kariv, sure for agilities, I I said I think they're a bit overrated. Um, I ended up being right about that. I, this one, I can't say is overrated. I think this is just a solid roster they put together. I think they do better. Uh, that being said, let's give them an off-season grade, Joe. What do you got for the Defiant? Um. Yeah. So, and it's interesting because, again, um, like has sort of been a theme with today. Uh, another team that made lots of really big sweeping changes, um, in the off season, and you know, as a result, ended up, um, uh, you, you know, definitely with with some losses of of teams that, uh, or of of players that um, uh, that you miss certainly. Um, I think about Kareev, uh, who's on the Guangzhou Charge now. That was a big pickup for them um, <laughs> to, to replace Shoot, maybe even an upgrade, I think, honestly. Um, but we'll talk about them later. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, some losses there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this is a really nice, solid roster. Um, enough, I think... Um, potentially... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough even to... Um, to, to pick up a higher grade even than the Gladiators did. So we're looking at like a, a, a B-plus, I think, solidly um, here for Toronto. Nice. I'm also going to give up a B-plus. Um, I think overall, yeah, losing Kariv was probably their biggest loss. But if you look at everyone else, everyone else is either a contender's team or not playing anymore. So I, I think that's a good sign that you shouldn't have kept those players if no one else really wanted them. Um and overall, the pickups I think were pretty, pretty good. I, I can't complain about too many of them. I, I think keeping logics is um, funny to me. I don't know where he fits into this. I, he's a great player, um, and I do expect to see him play a good amount. He's very good, and I think it's funny that they kept him. I think Beast is more of a question for me um, as to why they kept him. I mean, obviously, they brought him back before they signed Sato, so maybe they weren't aware they were going to get Sato. But yeah, Beast is definitely probably the most questionable keep for me. Maybe they were still wondering what they were going to do this offseason when they signed Beast, but who knows? Besides that, this is a pretty good roster. And if they're not if they're not good this year, I think they have enough rookie talent to, if they keep them, um, be good, be even better going forward. So yeah, I, I like this. They got a good head coach, uh, head coach that has been very successful in the past as well. So, 
yeah, this is a good B plus, good solid B plus for the Toronto Defiant. Um, I'm liking them this year. But yeah, that's those are our three teams we are previewing um, this week. That's all we got for this week. Uh, Joe, you got anything else before we sign off? I don't think so. It was a good show. Oh, yeah. um, and you still have until April 9th. Um, so it's like three and a half weeks um, to uh, drop your your Alien Zarya skin if you so choose. Yes. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to follow us on social media, my Twitter account is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's INC. Our show has a Twitter. It's at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you guys for listening once again, and enjoy another week.